This is the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. Cheers to Seattle. Welcome on in to the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. Brought to you by the Sports on Tap, of course. And us, two brothers. I'm Sammy. And I'm George. And welcome into the greatest show in podcasting. Today, we're going to talk some Seahawks. Um, a lot of stuff happening in the Seahawks world, even though it's been off season for quite some time. But a lot of stuff happening in the Seahawks world. And then... We will talk about a little Mariners because we are headed to spring training tonight. And it'll be fun to check out some Mariners baseball and uh, we'll talk about them. But in the meantime, I want to start with some words DK Metcalf had yesterday, George, Mm -hmm. because obviously the biggest whirlwind was all these cuts that were happening with the Seahawks and trades and all this. And it's time for a new beginning in Seahawks football. And we'll get to all that in a second. But let's just start with what DK had to say about Russ leaving and Bobby leaving. Oh. Yeah, I was very shocked because I didn't, I never thought he was going to leave Seattle. Me neither, yo. And I actually. All right, so my mind was like, all right, Russ gone. What do I do? Later that night, Bobby gets cut. So I'm like, and Bobby, me and Bobby were, yes, like that was my, that was my guy. And when, when he left, that really like, that hurt. Because like we would work out every Tuesday. I would go over to his crib, we'd play pool. Like that was my, that was my big brother. And. He gone now, so. My favorite part, though, is Kevin Garnett's ad-libs. Oh, fire. Oh, every five seconds. The, well, it made it sound like a death, man. It's, I it's, know. And he's, and he's gone now. It's like, like, uh, like, all right, yeah, I mean, let's chill out here on his, the gone now the part. Like, but I do agree with him. It was shocking. I mean, I, I could see why DK he's a, he has surrounded by whole different people now that, you know, instead of that brain trust and that mentorship that he had around him. Yeah, I disagree with what you just said there. I was making more fun of Kevin Garnett making those noises. Um, what did I say to disagree with? <laughs> that you're like a little dramatic with they're gone now. I, I don't think so because to me, if I think about it, it's like if I was – if there's people, these guys live away from their families, a lot of them, right? And like move to a new mm-hmm. city and start a new life. And just imagine like all the people you're closest with are like, you move to a new job, like you move from Seattle to Arkansas for a new job. And mm-hmm. there's like three or four people there that become your close friends and kind of become your family in that area because your family all lives somewhere else where you're originally from. And then like in one night, you find out all of them are gone, right? Yeah. And like, no, no, totally. Just, like, it is to me, I would be like, holy crap, just like that. They're all gone. Like now I'm uh, by myself. Oh, absolutely. I just said that. I said it's really hard with all his mentorship. I just said the way it sounded with all that, it made it sound like a death that made it sound more dramatic. That's all I said. But no, I, know, I totally saying, agree. I, I was just saying that I did, I don't know why you all got to explain with me. I'm just saying that I don't think that it was dramatic. You said it sounds so dramatic like a death. I don't think so. I think he's just naturally a dude that has his best friends or people that he looks up to and they're gone. So it doesn't sound dramatic to me. He's not like... R.I.P. He was just like, it's crazy that they're all gone in one day. I yeah. don't think. Yeah, it yeah. it's so hard for him, man. Like I understand because he's a younger guy in the league. He needs these big, you know, like he said, big brother around him with like Bobby and you know Russ is a leader in that locker room. And I could see totally why that's it's a hard adjustment for him because it's a whole different situation than he expected to be in. Yeah, and it's just his, you know. When those are those are your guys. I mean, he has only been here what? This is going his third year, so it's been is a it lot third of or fourth year for I think DK. it's going third. In his fourth. 
going into his fourth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's what, there's been a lot of changes and there's a lot of people that, you know, if you're close to people and they're all gone, it's weird. And he talked about how he now needs to be like the leader on the team. Cause when he walked into Seattle, he said it was pretty clear that like it was Bobby and Russ's job. Right. In the locker room, right. which is not shocking. Um, and he feels like though, now it's kind of his turn to be a leader and step up. And he, <laughs> Weirdly enough, him and like Tyler Lockett are probably two of like the longer tenured Seahawks players. Right. It like seems like uh, it seems like DK is going to try to assume that leadership role on the offensive end. I kind of feel like Quandre Diggs is already speaking up quite a bit and is going to be like the leader on the defensive end. Um, and it's a changing of a guard in Seattle and the same head coach and stuff. But yeah, the offensive, offensive and defensive leaders seem to be. I mean, in flux, right? I mean, there, some people just naturally take on that role. But uh, I feel like, yeah, it's usually the quarterback and middle linebacker, but not so much with Seattle. It's going to be like a wide receiver and a safety or, for now. you know. Eventually, for now, for like, yeah, yeah, wide receivers never, like, I feel like in long term, you can't be a, this sounds, I don't know, maybe this sounds stupid, but to me, it's like as a receiver, the long term, you can't be like the leader of a locker room as a receiver, unless you're like right. the Hines vet, Ward. like, or like Larry Fitzgerald, but that's or different. Larry Fitzgerald, oh, like, yeah, that's a good one. We're not talking about. We're talking about like guys that have been there for a long time, right? Usually, it's right. the quarterback or like totally. an offensive lineman behind the scenes that nobody even knows is the leader, right? Like mm. that, you know, it's just like because we don't acknowledge him that much. But I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I, I'm still, I don't. Know, I'm still confused about what this team's gonna be and. You know, because you have DK talking kind of like he's in shock about everything's happening, but it's his turn to be a leader. And then you have on the other side, Quandre Diggs did resign with the Seahawks, right? And I, I'm, I'm glad he did. I think that was a great signing. And I agree. He he talked about it's not rebuild mode. He said yesterday that this post Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner era is not rebuild mode for the Seahawks. And we kind of talked about this last week. I feel like, but I, part of me kind of can can get behind that and believe it. Like part of me, obviously, like, well, that sounds kind of weird. Like post Russell Wilson has a not rebuild mode, but when you hear other players talk about it, which I know he has to say technically because he signed with the team, but there is part of me that can believe in a team that okay, we pick up some pieces, we get better on defense, and we try to be a ground and pound team with a young quarterback, and sometimes that works. Yeah, uh, I I totally agree. <laughs> I I don't think it might be retool year. I I there, I think there's a difference between retool and rebuild. I think we might have to you know it's not. Uh, I think when you have a quarterback like Russ, it's kind of Super Bowl like always is the end goal right of the season. I mean every team says their end goal is Super Bowl, but like I don't know if our teams like looking to win the Super Bowl next year as the old, like whether to define the season as a success or not success. But I do think we can make the playoffs. I really think we can go far. And I think it could be a, a building block year to bring us back to where we want to be. And that's a Super Bowl champion or Super Bowl contender. And I think I totally agree with that. And I think a lot of it, and I think a lot of people might disagree with what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it. I think a lot of it's going to be a fuck you, Russ, year. Because Russell Wilson, like now reports are coming out that he wanted out. He didn't want to be there. And I think a lot of guys are going to rally around why – you know, our quarterback didn't want to be be here. We got a new team around us, and there, we got something to prove. Yeah, I think um problem is it seems like a lot of the players in the Seahawks don't. That's I feel like the fans more feel like that than the players. Mm -hmm. um, 
that's my only thing where I don't know if it, I feel like for the fans it's going to be kind of a fuck you rest here. Yeah. And I think for players they don't really need that type of motivation. I think these the NFL players, I mean, they have a lot to be motivated. Yeah, they're already for, motivated pretty well. Yeah. yeah. And but I think for the fans specifically it's going to feel that way because I feel mm-hmm. like um I think the players themselves understand the business more obviously than the fans, mm-hmm. right? For us we're like fuck this guy he doesn't want to be here. And I'm sure there are some players that feel that way, but you right. can see via Twitter like you know a lot of players are like Tyler Lockett's and the DK Metcalf's and the Bobby Wagner's and Quandre Diggs all showing love to Russell Wilson even after right. he wanted out. But I do feel like maybe, especially on the coaching side, maybe like a Pete Carroll level, I can see that yeah. where it's like, a, yeah. okay, fine. You don't think we can do it anymore? Like, well, I'll tell you, Pete Carroll will be using that as motivation when they play the Denver Broncos. Like, you know, the, to the defense, you know, the guy over there, he didn't want to be here. Go get after him. Yeah, he doesn't think we were good enough to compete. Yeah. But half that defense knows Russell Wilson. So I don't know how much that works. But I think Pete, I think on the know. coaching side and ownership side, there's definitely going to be that feeling, right? right? Especially if what we're hearing is true. Now, it sounds like this this young trend. What was those posts they made? Like, it was Jody Schneider and um, mm. Carol when the trade was finalized. Like, mm. they all made sure in their statements to state that once it was clear Russell didn't want to be here, they all made sure that was clear. Um, so I don't like as long as that's true. Then I think definitely at the coaching ownership level, they're trying mm. to. Let's say it's true for a second, foe. How much bullshit was Russ spitting out of his mouth the last few months? I want to win three more Super Bowls here in Seattle the whole time. Like, like, (laughs) did he think that no one was going to listen to his trade request? Did he, was he trying to save face before asking for a trade? Like, I just wonder what the theory is behind that. Cause we see a lot of players like Carmel Anthony Denver. I want out, like, Russ never like publicly said it. So, I mean, someone's lying. Someone's telling the truth. Well, you got to read in between the lines a little better. Sometimes he would say, "I'm in, I'm happy right now, mm. right now." He, he, like I want as of now, I want to win three more Super Bowls in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, he used a lot of filler words, so That's true. he found a way to say it without saying it for both sides. Like saying, "Like I'm good right now." And saying, like, you know, I could be out one day. He's like, he was pretty good at saying it on both ends, um, which kind of adds to what you're saying, which adds to the BS, right? Because he was finding ways to bullshit around the words to make people believe him on. Mm-hmm. Like, part of it was like making people believe that he could leave. And the other side was people being like, he just said Seattle. Like, yeah. like I heard the word Seattle. He wants to stay. So he was really good at playing both sides there and making people, people probably teams that wanted him believe that he has a chance to be traded for. And then like people that said he's going to stay in Seattle, that he made it clear like, oh, like Seattle's an option, right? Oh, totally. And yeah, yeah. I guess there's just a lot of BS. That's, I think it's tough. And when you hear a guy like DK Metcalf say like, I never thought he was going to leave Seattle, which makes it sound like Russ told you not specifically, but it makes it sound like you obviously were under the impression that he was never leaving either. So like, right. what was Russ saying? Right. That's my thing. Like Russ seems like, God, it's, 
he, he's a good guy. Don't get me wrong. He's never been in trouble, but he seems like a, like, like a used car salesman sometimes. Like yeah, a lot of words out of his mouth are not true. <laughs> and he makes yeah. you, he says what you want to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because he says a lot of fillers, right? I know. But it's like hard to ever know. <laughs> it's hard to ever know. I, I don't know. He's like the Arabic guys. Like we're Arab. Like, like my friend, my friend, let me tell you why I love you so much, my friend. Yeah, and just just trying to get you, but yeah, <laughs> who knows? Um, I do want to bring up a tweet that we had yesterday, George, on the Sports on Tap Seattle um, account. Got a lot of engagement here. We got we got like a solid 70, 80 replies here, which mm-hmm. is was Russell Wilson or is Russell Wilson the greatest Seahawks player ever? Mm-hmm. And you know, there's some people that said. Yes, end of discussion. There's some people that said, like, how dare you not have it be, you know, uh, Largent or Walter Jones or um, Cortez Kennedy, right? Or Bobby Wagner, maybe. Or Bobby Wagner. So so the majority were um, Cortez Kennedy, Walter Jones, Bobby Wagner, Steve Largent, and Russell Wilson. Those are the five best, for sure. Yeah, and... Yeah, pretty clearly, right? And poor, poor Sean Alexander. Only I think only one to win in league MVP. No one wants to talk about him. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. But it's it's tough. I mean, and and some people even you know brought up like for a short period of time, you can even consider somebody like a, a Marshawn Lynch, right? Like we probably never would have mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl without a guy like Marshawn Lynch. On no, the we would not have. Yeah. Um. So I just thought it was an interesting conversation because. You know, when you discuss who's the greatest player of all time, and I did the same thing on our Mariners account, at Mariners on Tap, if you guys want to check that out. And it's spewed a lot of debate on uh, Twitter, too, which I asked, is Ichiro the best player of all time, right? And it's interesting because some people say, like, yes, clearly. Some people say, no, it's Griffey, right? But mm-hmm. Ichiro maybe had a better quick span than Griffey ever had, right? Like winning the MVP and we had the best record of all time, right? But, like... Would do we consider their whole career? Do we consider their best season? Do we consider how long they played for the team? You know, like what goes into that? So for Russell Wilson, it's like if we're considering he's the quarterback, he's the only quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl in Seattle. It was our era where we won the Super Bowl, right? Like, and he's the best quarterback we've ever had. For a lot of people, it's very easy to say, yes, greatest player ever. Yeah. It's close. Uh, I mean, I can make an argument on why he's the greatest Seahawk of all time, and I could also make an argument that Walter Jones is the greatest Seahawks of all Seahawks of all time, or Steve Largent, or Cortez Kennedy, or Bobby Wagner. But I don't think it's Russ. I don't think Russ was never like. First of all, when we won the Super Bowl, we didn't. We won the Super Bowl for us being more of a game manager than being the like focal point of a team. Um, Russell Wilson is great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I just don't think he's the greatest Seahawk of all time. Is he the greatest Seahawks quarterback of all time? Easily. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. But I feel like a lot of times we just, you know, automatically say best quarterback of the team's history is the best player of that team's history. And it's not like necessarily true. Yeah. I feel that. But you I can like make this. an argument for it. Who, who do you think is the best? I, 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 I'm going to go with Walter Jones. But... I would be I have my hair split right now between Walter Jones and Bobby Wagner probably. Yeah. Because I agree. Um in both of these positions, right? Like Largent and Wilson are much easier positions to look at and be like, Woo, look at the numbers yeah. and the flash, right? Like wide receiver, quarterback. 
Um, you know, an offensive lineman <laughs> in his position, like could be maybe quietly the most valuable spot in the NFL position. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, That's why I love and, big Walt. And he's also sometimes considered in one of the top two or three ever, not just in Seahawks history, to right. like ever do it. Um, but Bobby Wagner as a middle, he's the quarterback of the defense and we won a Super Bowl during that era. And he's probably been the most, the biggest like staple of consistency I've ever watched mm-hmm. in Seahawks history. Um, but as of right now, I'd probably go Walter Jones. I mean, like it's pretty hard. Yeah, not same, to go same, same here. That's where I'm going. Here's a list um, from Nick Allen at N Allen 64 on our responses. I'll let him know. We mentioned him on the podcast. Um, I really like his list here. I would flip one and two, but he has Wagner, Walter Jones, then Wilson, Largent, and then Cortez. I think that order is pretty good because I have trouble putting Cortez and Largent over Wilson, but I can understand Wagner and Walter Jones being over. Yeah, I mean, I guess Cortez, Cortez was one defensive player of a year, MVP. But then again, it was like the horrible team, right? So I guess he was so <laughs> yeah. good. He was he was so good, though. I don't know. Those are the top five. I mean, at the end of the day, I like I. You tell me someone's the best out of those. Like I, I'm not going to sit there and like really debate you too hard. If you want to make an argument that Russ is the greatest Seahawks of all time, so be it. Because I think all five of those guys can you can make a really solid argument on who's the best. Yeah, and we have one guy that's freaking Las Vegas Raider guy made 17 a list of 17 and like i'm just looking at some of the names george and there's a lot of people like sean he has sean alexander at 16th and if you look at the other names above i can understand like it's not the worst thing but if somebody told me sean alexander's a top five player he won an mvp it's like i know there's a lot of guys you can listen to or even the richard shermans of the world richard sherman was the best corner in the league for maybe like a six year seven year span totally right um earl thomas was probably the best safety in the league for a five six seven year span Sean Springs, I don't know where he has him on that list. He was the best corner. He he should have been. He's one of the best corners in the league for many years. Sean Springs. Yeah. Well, he's not on there. Um, But there's a a lot of players that that could fit this list. Now, the hardest thing, George, the most biased part, which is what made this era, I think, kind of tough for a lot of people to move on from, Mm -hmm. is this is the era we won a Super Bowl. Right with Wilson and Wagner, so it's it's hard to forget that forever. Well, it's easily the best era in Seahawks football. We can yeah. say that with full, full, full confidence. One hundred percent. I guess the only last thing I want to talk about before we quickly just mention Mariners and spring training is that uh, the DK extension talk is pretty big. We already because we talked about Quandre Diggs, obviously mm-hmm. a good move. Seahawks are making some good moves left and right. Um, we'll talk more draft stuff as the rest of the summer happens here um but do do you think that like the wide receiver market's pretty fucking ridiculous right now like Mm -hmm. we're talking about like people getting 25 30 million a year in dk if he's when he gets an extension it's going to be something like that he's a young top 10 receiver possibly in the nfl what do the Seahawks do? Because I feel like if they re-sign them, they're showing that like we're not in rebuild mode. We're trying to find the next quarterback quickly mm-hmm. and win games. If they don't re-sign them, it's pretty clear that like you know maybe we're not necessarily. We know we're not ready for a couple of years, right? Because you don't want to well, sign a guy like DK if you're not going to compete for the next five years. You wouldn't pay. You don't want to pay a receiver thirty million a year. 
Right. I don't know. I my thing is like I just look at the market, right? I mean, Tyreek Hill just got five for five picks for Tyreek Hill. Someone calls and offers four four for four picks for DK. I might just say yes. If they offer three picks, no. Like if someone blows you out of a water of an offer, uh, I would go for it. But I think otherwise, you want you do want to have some sort of playmaking ability on offense because I mean this is a playmaking league. Yeah. I mean, he wants to stay in Seattle. He made it pretty clear these last. No, no, I, I totally so, get it. But if someone blows you out of a water of five first round, five p- picks like they did for Tyree Kill or four picks, like, all right, well, I kind of have to. Yeah, I just don't think any other team's going to do that. Me either. So for me, outside of trading him, kind of the complete opposite question that I had. Outside of trading him, like, wh- do you think they're going to just? fork up the whatever the market is right now at 30 million a year because well that's yeah or, or or he's going to be asked to be traded if they doesn't get rid of the market value at the end of the day it's a fucked up number for wide receivers though. yeah i don't like it I, that's why i i would totally i i would i'd field offers uh i I'd, i want him to stay personally i think we need a playmaker but 30 25 million a year for a wide receiver my god yeah but he, remember you have to remember he is still very young I know, but still, twenty five million dollars. Twenty four years old, so you could sign DK to a five year deal, and he's gonna be twenty nine when it's over. I know. That's pretty impressive. And remember, if you have a rookie quarterback, let's say, or even a Drew Locke, I mean, which we can talk about for a second. I don't know, like, how do you feel about Drew Locke being quarterback? Is that what you want? Isn't it what you want? I mean, for now, compared to what we what's on the market, what do you want? Unless we draft a quarterback like Malik Willis. I want us to draft Malik Willis, but oh, me too. But I don't know if he'll be ready from day one either. So Drew Locke might be the or trade for Baker Seahawks. Hear me out. Trade for Baker. We've seen what Baker Mayfield can do as a long term starter, and and we're going to need to pay him twenty five million dollars a year. Like Drew Locke Locke is barely paying that anymore. He's kind of fucked himself over. (laughs) Like I, yeah, but. I don't know. For me, I'm just sticking with a low. I'd rather stick with a low-cost Drew Locke and then go draft a quarterback for the future. Malik which Willis, the future is next year, probably. Yeah. Which would be Malik Willis. Yeah, and if you have a young quarterback, regardless, I mean, what better situation do you want to come into where you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett next to you? And, right? and Fant. Yeah, I forgot. George Fant, he was a, number, he was a uh, first-round pick. Yeah, yeah, and he's really stuff. good. And then you got good running backs – um and offensive line that i think we're going to rebuild this year i think it's actually a really good situation yeah i mean i I'm, i would not be shocked if the seahawks at least win six seven games this year just based on coaching yeah. and ground and pound and then hopefully transition to a following year of success yep that's how i feel i hope it happens you know but, what? i actually think we're going to be even better than that because the nfc is weak like the like the nfc doesn't have like an array of quarterbacks it's not like we're talking about yeah, the NFC West is tough, right? I mean, I would say our division is the toughest division in in the conference. But, I mean, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. Those are the four best quarterbacks in NFC. Even after that, it's a huge drop-off everywhere else. George, I feel like you're making our schedule sound much easier than it is. No, I, I am. I am. But I'm just saying okay. we play in the NFC. Let's see, let's see who we play next year. You ready? Mm-hmm. Cardinals, okay, at home loss okay well forget i don't we don't got to win loss i'm just I saying like the, like good teams cardinals good rams good ram 49ers good broncos really good raiders good raiders might be really good panthers we're not sure yet right right 
Panthers, I mean, they don't have a quarterback. Falcons don't have a quarterback. Right. Giants and Jets. Yeah, like you, you can win those games. Okay. Hold on. On the road. On the road, it's Cardinals, Buccaneers, Chiefs, okay. Rams, Chargers, okay. Okay. <laughs> 49ers. The only two Saints, I don't care what anyone, Jameis Winston's a good quarterback. That's a hard mm-hmm. That's hard to defend. The Lions are the only away opponent that don't have a quarterback. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's some games there we said uh, outside of division, especially at home where the other team doesn't have a quarterback, and I think we can win those games. We can definitely win at home against the Falcons, Giants, Panthers, and Jets. That's four wins right there. And then you're going to mm-hmm. win a division game or two at home. And probably, yeah, they're going to win eight games next year. Maybe. Yeah, uh, that's how I feel. That wouldn't be too shabby, George. Wouldn't be too shabby. Uh, well, quickly, you can expect us to talk some more Seahawks next week as well, um, probably around Monday, Tuesday. Stay tuned for a new pod. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the meantime, George, we are heading today um, in a few hours to go watch our Seattle Mariners at spring training. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited. First time ever in spring training. Me too. Gonna, uh, probably have some uh, a couple adult beverages, which is, you know, always fun. And, uh, yeah, spring training baseball, I know it doesn't count on the on – the, uh, on the overall record for the team, but it's just going to be a fun experience. And uh, I'm excited. I, I don't have much to say about it because I've never been to one. It'll be fun, you know, to talk uh, on our next AL podcast, tell you what it was all like because it's spring training. Baseball's back. Well, I have more things to say than that, but because I'm pretty excited. It is a solid, it's going to be 91 degrees today. Um, and it's going to be a solid, at 6 o'clock when the game starts, 89 with the sun setting. And if you've been in dry heat, you, you must know that 89 is very nice, comfortable weather, especially with the sun setting and not in your face. There's no humidity, so you're not like sticky around. You're just going to be sitting there as in you're in a warm home watching baseball yeah. without the sun hitting you. It's going to be pretty fucking solid. George. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel good. Yeah, yeah. That might is a good. Yeah, it's going to be nice. I'm pretty excited. Um, I hope we get. I don't even know who's on the lineup today. Do you? Have you checked? I have not checked. I don't think the, the lineup card is out yet. Uh, they usually do it around. Yeah, it's, they usually do it around one o'clock. I think it's what time is it? It's twelve. Yeah. Because I would love to see. Nope, it's ready. The lineup's it's here. It's ready. Oh, awesome! What okay, is it? Let's see who we. Oh, okay. This is what I wanted. All right, George. We have Frazier at second, which is good. Okay. I want to watch him. France watch at him. first. Oh, this is we, okay. today is. Luckily for us, today is like our real lineup. Okay, cool. Um, Haniger, Winker at DH, Suarez at third, Julio Rodriguez at center, yes, Crawford at short, Kellenic at left field, Rayleigh at catcher, and Marco Gonzalez starting. That's like our real, real lineup. Did you give us a right fielder? That's the one I didn't. I missed. Yeah, Haniger. Haniger. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, that's our lineup. Uh, I wonder where Kyle Lewis fits in all this too, but we'll find out, I guess. Well, Rodriguez is not going to start the year. I know, but. He should if he's raking. Yeah, but I don't. He did. He, he he didn't even get third base time. Or I mean, triple A time last year, did he? Uh, I or don't know about that. Barely at the end. Yeah, so like he needs a couple weeks there. You don't want to do it. Like, remember when we brought Kelnick up too early last year, and he like yeah. couldn't even fucking see the baseball for a couple weeks. That's true, and but thankfully he was really good at the end of the season. Yeah. So hopefully. He continues that success here. No coming. one can do what Kyle Lewis did for us, though. That first week, where he I had know, like but, seven home runs and yeah, seven but days. now what? Like he can't stay healthy. I don't know it's where been he one fits. Year. Okay, 
I know, I know, but what, well, kind of, because he was unhealthy the year before that, too. Be okay. Can I you, hope can so. We, I can love we just him, have can, faith? I just wonder where he fits into the lineup. Like, is he a DH? Like, where does he fit? That's my only thing. Yeah. it's a good question. Um, I, I would just DH him. Hard well, to get hurt as a DH. And where's Winker going to go? That was kind of our main, like, I know. Winker. Can we, like, convert Winker to, like, a catcher or something so we can get Rayleigh out of the lineup and then just have a stacked lineup? Yeah. We still we need to figure out that catcher position is what we need to do. Yeah, but Rayleigh's pretty good on defense at the end of the day. I mean, so I'm so tired of good and defense catchers. It's like, uh, what's his face? Mike Zeno. He's great I, at defense. I, I, yeah, but look at Mike Zeno. He's great at defensive. And last couple of years in Tampa, when the lineup is stacked, it's okay because you can be good at defense and have one hole in the lineup. That's fair. He also made an all-star game. That too. <laughs> And Rayleigh's only 24, so yeah. we, let's give him some shots. I take that back. All right. Yeah, well, much exciting. love. George and I got to go. We got some things to do, some some meetings to take care of today before we head out. So all I got to say is go Mariners, go Seahawks. Um, and the last thing I wanted to say, George, is for the Seahawks situation is mm. just be fun this year at least. Be fun. And I didn't say be good, but at least mm-hmm. be fun. Like I hope like we get some – if Drew Locke's our quarterback, I hope we get some of those to him – lip syncing rap songs on the sideline and the team's fun. And even if we're bad, I just want it to be fun. All right. I, I think I just want to be good, baby. I, I actually have a lot more faith in this team than I did even last year. I didn't say I don't want them to be good. I said, no, I know you if, if, if like this year we weren't very good and it didn't seem fun. No, this year was the, I, I said it multiple times. It was my least favorite Seahawks team of my lifetime. Can I give you an example? Of what I mean by that really quick sure. is you see the Detroit Lions this year. They were bad. Yeah. But they were fun. They were fun. And the team obviously loved each other. And they understood they were working their way towards something. It's not the year. Like, when they'd win, it was fun. It was exciting. Like, people, like, enjoyed it. If we're going to be bad, at least be fun is all I'm saying. Totally agree. I like that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, much love. Uh, Make sure you give a five-star review to the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. Follow us everywhere at Seattle S-O-N-T, Seattle. On Twitter, if you want to find us, or Instagram, just look at the bio on our uh, podcast page, at on Seattle. You can find George, and you can find me, Sammy. And we'll be back for more Seattle Sports Podcasts. And uh, much love. Thank you guys for all the support. And uh, you know what they like to say, George? Cheers to Seattle, y'all. Peace. You're listening to the Sports on Tap Podcast Network. Cheers to sports. You're listening to the Sports on Tap Podcast Network. Cheers to sports.